Hi, I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Casey Cantrell. And welcome to Animation and Beyond. And today we have a very special episode. We are doing our very first holiday special, specifically on the holidays of Passover and Easter. So for those of you who don't know, Ezra, you're Jewish. Yep. And I was raised Christian, although I don't identify as Christian anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're going to discuss the traditions of them. The traditions of them, the history. And and what makes them similar but different to Christmas and Hanukkah in December. And obviously we will be talking about the movies and specials that are based on those holidays. So just to start, Ez, do you want to explain for listeners who may not know what Passover is? Passover is a Jewish holiday that happens around the same time as Easter. And there's a crunchy food from Israel That's like a cracker that we eat, and it's called matzah. Mm -hmm. And why do you eat that? To remind us from the story of the holiday about how the Israelites were slaves a long, long time ago, thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. In Egypt, right? Yeah. Right. It's a week-long holiday? Yeah, like it's eight-day holiday. Eight-day holiday. And when does it start? This Friday in the evening. Okay. So Easter specifically marks what Christians believe is the day that Jesus was resurrected three days after he died on the cross. And it's a very monumental moment within Christian theology in their understanding of sin and salvation and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's Easter. Yep, and similar to how Hanukkah is based on the story of the Maccabees and how it was a miracle that lasted eight days, and Christmas is about the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. Right, yeah, so those two holidays are definitely tied together. Christmas and Easter, I don't think Hanukkah is so much with Passover. But it's similar with the traditions and and how they originated. Exactly. Obviously, Christmas and Hanukkah, as you suggested, they have well-known traditions like Christmas has presents and trees and Santa Claus and stuff like that. And Hanukkah has menorahs and dreidels and latkes. But those are some very well-known traditions of those holidays that happen in December. Right. But for these holidays that usually happen in April, the traditions of them are not as well-known. Right. There aren't presents for Easter. There aren't the same kind of decorations. There's the Easter bunny. and Similar to Santa Claus. And also on Easter and Passover don't really have presents so much like Christmas and Hanukkah do. Right. There isn't the same kind of fanfare, I think, around these holidays. Like, at least from a, definitely from a marketing standpoint. Yeah, like there's Easter bunny and for Passover there's Passover frogs. Right. Because frogs is one of the plagues in the story. Right, right. Yeah, so they don't have the same kind of popularity that Christmas or Hanukkah might. And also, like much like Christmas, the traditions and well-known things about Easter, about the eggs and the bunnies, are not what the story of Easter came from, much like how Santa Claus and the presents and elves and reindeer are not what the original story of Christmas came from. Right. Yeah, so that's that's also very interesting. Like like you said, none of those things really have to do with this sort of religious aspect. Of- but those, but that, the, the religious part of the serious part, but much like how the presents and the Santa Claus and reindeer, etc., are right. part of the fun part of Christmas... The eggs and the bunnies and the chicks and the candy and gift baskets with toys and goodies and treats are the fun part of Easter. Right. Like, they're not 
well-known to be religious like the real ones. Exactly. So as we're going to be talking about some of the movies based around these holidays, yeah. but they, there certainly are not the same number of those. As there are for Christmas and Hanukkah. And then for the traditions for Passover are that there's a Seder, which is like a special meal and get together with friends and family, which lasts a few hours. And we read from a special little book called a Haggadah, which tells the story of slavery to freedom. Right. From Egypt to from to a long journey to Israel. Mm-hmm. And there's also a something similar to an Easter egg hunt that Passover has, which they do search for something which is the matzah cut in half, and it's called the afikomen. Mm-hmm. Similar to how you search for eggs and you would probably get a fro- get get a prize or a present. It's the same with this special scavenger hunt. That's very interesting. I didn't know about that. And on Pesach, there's there's a bitter vegetable called horseradish, bitter herbs, also known as maror, which when we eat it, it makes our eyes water. We cry because it reminds us of slavery in Egypt. I see. Interesting. I think this is a good time to go into some of the movies that we want to talk about. And I think the first one that we can start with is The Prince of Egypt. Rescued from a river. Come, Ramesses. We will show Pharaoh your new baby brother, Moses. <laughs> second born, second place. Not for long. Raised by royalty. You are not a prince of Egypt. What did you say? Everything I am is a lie. You are our son. I can't stay here any longer. Moses, please. Goodbye, brother. The truth gave him the courage to do the impossible. That film, I think, has a lot of appeal across religions. Like, it's a Jewish film because it's about the Exodus, but it's also a Christian film because it's the Old Testament. Right, yeah. So I think both Christians and Jews can can look at that film and sort of see yeah. their own stories reflected in, in yeah. that film. And it was one of the first made by DreamWorks. Right. Jeffrey Katzenberg pitched the idea originally to Disney, but Disney dismissed the idea, and instead it was made by the newly formed DreamWorks. Right. Yeah, that's actually interesting. It was pitched as a animated remake of the classic film The Ten Commandments, yeah. um, starring Charlton Heston as Moses. That film was what was his name? Cecil B. DeMille. Uh, one of his, I think, is one of his last films, and also one of his most successful. Yeah, I thought The Prince of Egypt was an interesting movie. Why is that? Because it was kind of dark and had the music was a little dark. And kind of serious, although despite being mostly serious, it did have a few funny moments. As an animated film, you would think the audience would skew a bit younger. I know, and Ray Fiennes, the legendary actor, voiced Ramesses, who was the primary villain of the movie. Right, and Known I... for playing Lord Voldemort and a lot of other iconic villains right. who are pretty scary. So, yeah, so it's an interesting film because it's an adaptation of the classic story from the, the Old, Old Testament. Testament. And it also it has some parts of it that weren't in other versions of the story, which are fan fiction, like when Moses runs away into the desert when with those things added those were not in other versions of the story yeah there was some poetic license that's for sure that were just fan fiction which weren't part of the original story from that has been known for thousands of years as exciting as the chariot race was i don't think moses actually had a chariot race with the future pharaoh that was like young ramesses his evil stepbrother i think the film goes to great pains at first to not paint ramesses as evil what do you mean 
I think it's it's more nuanced in that they're considered brothers, and Moses actually does still consider him a brother, even after he comes back and makes this demand to let my people go. And his real brother was Aaron. Right, his real brother was Aaron. But it's not until later in the film, as the Pharaoh becomes more and more stubborn, where he turns more into that sort of traditional villain. He's a lot more sympathetic. And how evil and cruel he is. Right. He wasn't evil and cruel at first, you know, he was very much... Like, Seti was the was the first pharaoh in the movie, who was kind of cruel and ruthless. Right, because he was under the impression that the Jews would rise up and overthrow him. He ordered that all the firstborn Jewish sons be killed. Uh-huh. One one more thing I want to say about the film. If you compare its depiction of Moses to, like, Charlton Heston's depiction mm-hmm. of Moses, where Charlton Heston was this uh-huh. over-the-top, larger-than-life character with this booming voice and everything. Yeah. And if you read the story of Exodus, you know, Moses is described uh-huh. as... He doesn't, yeah. he's not comfortable with public speaking. Yeah. And I know that some interpretations have that as he had some kind of speech impediment, whether it was yeah. a stutter or a lisp or something like that. But one way or another, he just wasn't comfortable with public speaking. And that certainly wasn't yeah. an issue with Prince of Egypt, I think. He was still comfortable, but he was a lot more meek. Yeah. And I think that's... Uh, Moses is that he's brave and heroic. Right, but he was more humble, more reserved and reluctant about his role. Yeah. And I and I think that was just truer to the character of Moses from the story of Exodus. So I appreciated that about the Prince of Egypt. I see. What what did you like about that? I thought it was good and it was interesting in music, but by far of all the many animated movies produced by DreamWorks Animation, I thought it was easily DreamWorks Animation's most serious film. Right. But that they made a lot more funnier movies like the Shrek movies and Madagascar and others, but I think by far their funniest now is Captain Underpants. DreamWorks has come a long way from their... To making way more well-known funny movies. So I think another well-known Passover special is specifically the Rugrats Passover special. Nickelodeon invites you to celebrate a special moment in Rugrats history. Hi, I'm Moses. Pleased to meet you. I'm Pharaoh. I run this place. It's the Rugrats Passover special, complete with pyramids, plagues, and lots of matzah. Chucky, look at this bread. It's flat. So gather the family, grind the gefilte fish, and get ready for the questions. This green vegetable before us, what does it mean? It's the Rugrats Passover special. As far as I could tell, in my research, it's one of the only animated shows to ever do a Passover special, if not the only one. Which to me is pretty fascinating. Have you seen that that special, Ezra? I think I have parts of it, but I also remember a book a bit based on it. Oh, interesting. They they made a book based on that episode. I think so. Yeah. Interesting. Just to go over that episode just a little bit. It had Tommy playing Moses and Angelica playing the Pharaoh. Right. Angelica and her family were over at the grandfather's house to celebrate Passover. And Angelica doesn't know what kind of a holiday it is. Right, and she's actually bored by it. She doesn't get it. She doesn't think it's fun. She thinks it's boring. Yeah, so the Passover special in particular, it's doing a retelling of the story of Exodus. And it was very well received, um, especially because it highlighted a holiday that many people just aren't as familiar with. And also because it also had a clever and more comedic and funny 
funny retelling of the story. Right. And so it, it was very appealing to kids and it, and it made it really relatable, especially because it subbed in characters from Rugrats into those roles. As you said, Tommy played Moses, Angelica played the Pharaoh. And Chucky, Phil and Lil and some of the others played the Israelites. Right. I think it re- made it a lot more relatable to a lot of people. I know it was also, I thought it was a very funny and comedic take on that story. Can you uh, share some of the funny moments that you liked in that? How um, it was funny that there were literally babies playing as the Israelites and the Egyptians. Right. Also, um, it was funny how it had the plagues. From the book, I remember it had only one half of the plagues. Right. It had frogs, lice... Darkness, locusts, and and wild beasts. For some reason, it left out the others, the other half. Yeah, and that's an interesting point. I know that um, reading about it, they wanted to minimize some of the plagues just because they were worried that kids might be scared. Like blood, cattle disease, boils, hail, and the death of the firstborn. Thought some thought those plagues were kind of scary for them to see, like a little disturbing. Yeah, I think it's easy to forget how violent and graphic the original story is. Like, and how the final plague was the worst one that was really scary. There was some, a little bit of self-censorship just to make it family-friendly. And maybe not as scary, but more comedic and funny. Now Uh, to the Easter specials. Yeah, well, before we move on to the Easter specials, are there any... Are there well-known Passover specials? Yeah. Some I remember when I was little, like Sherry's Passover Surprise, which starred the late Sherry Lewis and Mm -hmm. the late Dom DeLuise, and which they also had a Hanukkah one for that and one that was part of a puppet series called Bubby's Boarding House called Passover at Bubby's which they also did a Hanukkah one too. One time I met Cherry Lewis's daughter and I saw the Lamb Chop puppet character at at an event. How cool is that? Anything in particular about the Passover special? I remember it had, like, it was kind of funny and clever, too. I remember, and Dom DeLuise was really funny and also a really silly a Seder plate song. Mm-hmm. How really funny and Dom DeLuise sang it. Right. One last point, even though there haven't been many Passover specials, the ones that have been made have been extremely successful, both critically and financially. Praising the wonderful storytelling and clever creativity, and also how some of them are funny and comedic takes on them. Yeah, and I think that just speaks to how amazing the original story is, in just in terms of the sense of drama and the sense of storytelling that's involved. So that's Passover. Now for some Easter specials. And Ezra, you're very familiar with some of these. One of them is a, is a classic Silly Symphony short film from 1944 that Disney did, which he did also did a Christmas one called Santa's Workshop, but this is an Easter one he did, which I think was the only Easter Silly Symphony cartoon, which there were several Christmas ones, and this one was called Funny Little Bunnies, and it was released in 1934. Uh-huh. Tell us a little bit, what's the Silly Symphony? Like those, some of those early shorts that Mickey Mouse starred in. Gotcha, okay. But I'm saying it was released in 1934 and it had bunnies painting Easter eggs. In 1971, there was a short stop-motion animated Easter special called Here Comes Peter Cottontail. Produced originally by Rankin Bass Productions, which was well-known for producing well-known classic Christmas specials like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Mm -hmm. Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus's Coming to Town, Little Drummer Boy, and others. 
So yeah. tell us about that Easter special. What was it about? about? It was similar to Santa Claus's Coming to Town about the origin of Santa Claus. Uh-huh. And this one is about the origin of the Easter Bunny. And the narrator was the same mailman who appeared as the narrator in Santa Claus's Coming to Town, released in 1970. Interesting. So a lot of similarities. And it had like the song Here Comes Peter Cottontail, similar to how holiday Christmas song Santa Claus is Coming to Town and that other one. Uh-huh. In this one, it had Bunny Who Delivers Eggs, and the villain was an evil bunny dictator named January Q. Irontail, who was voiced by horror film actor Vincent Price. And he was an evil bunny dictator who I've seen pictures of and I think is kind of scary. He sounds similar to Mr. Burgermeister from Santa Claus is Coming to Town, who I thought was pretty scary too. Well, it's very interesting that there, there are so many similarities between the Christmas special that they did and this Easter special. Why do you think that is? Problem I'm not sure. They're just similar because they're like fantasy characters that both children and even grown-ups like me like like to believe in for fun. Like, I believe in Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny for fun. Sure. I like those fun traditions they have and how they're very festive and colorful. And in fact, actually, you were telling me about how you ran into the Easter Bunny recently. Yeah, at the Grove and how that similar to how I've done with Santa Claus and how similar to how every year during Christmas there are mall Santas and during Easter at at some malls there are mall Easter Bunnies. I don't think it's as popular as as the Santas at malls, but certainly... Like, he lives in a little small, like, gazebo. Uh Uh-huh. And similar to how Santa lives in a big, colorful candy house, like, at the North Pole. Right. That classic Easter special from 1971 was followed by a computer-animated sequel called Here Comes Peter Cottontail the Movie, released in 2005. Okay. What was that film about? Was it a similar film? Was it Similar, a- but only it was computer animated, though. Gotcha, gotcha. It was more modern, and it was 70 minutes long, uh-huh. just a little over an hour, and I think it was a comedy adventure movie, <laughs> and... I heard that this past year there was a TV movie based on Jesus Christ Superstar Live. Right. Which I yeah. think was a, based on a rock musical based on the story of Easter. Right, yeah. So so Jesus Christ Superstar is one of the many uh, adaptations depicting the story of the Easter. actual events of Easter. If I remember correctly, Jesus was played by John Legend. There's also been a 2011 Easter film called Hop. Don't want to be the Easter Bunny. 4,000 years of tradition doesn't end just because one selfish bunny doesn't feel like doing it. My dad's right. I do need to get my act together. In Hollywood, all great artists suffer before they become famous. That lady wrote Harry Potter in a ditch. I have the talent. I have the drive. I have to avoid whatever that was. You know what? We can leave the insurance companies out of this. And it was a live-action um, CGI hybrid movie produced by Illumination, the creator of the Despicable Me franchise and others. Mm-hmm. And it starred Russell Brand as E.B., the son of the Easter Bunny, who'd rather be go on a world tour doing rock and roll instead of becoming the new Easter Bunny. Don't we all? And then he goes to Hollywood where he meets a man named Fred O'Hare. It's directed by Tim Hill, who directed the first Elvin the Chipmunks movie. Oh, okay. And, like, had a chick who was the villain of the movie named Carlos, voiced by Hank Azaria. Mm-hmm. Which was kind of a clever and funny idea for this movie, that he was a chick who was jealous of that rabbits are more popular and are the main thing about Easter, and chicks are only the second part. Right. Because right. he because he wants chicks to be the main thing of Easter instead of bunnies. That makes sense. And because... He was jealous of doing the second part of Easter and how rabbits do the main part. How funny is that? Very funny and clever. Yeah. Did you like the film? 
I did, yeah, and it had some mouth-watering Easter candy, like chocolate bunnies, chocolate Easter eggs, jelly beans, and peeps. Yeah, Easter Easter does have a lot of candy, so... Are there any kind of, like, similar sweets in, for Passover or anything like that? Not so much, though, but however, there are kosher Le Pesach foods for Passover, because on Passover, the tradition is eating only certain foods, like matzah and no bread, and, like, no crackers or pasta, when those are part of something called chametz, that are foods that are... Unpacidic. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, and I know that the Easter Bunny was also the minor character in the classic stop-motion film Nightmare Before Christmas. And he was also one of the main characters in the DreamWorks 2012 movie Rise of the Guardians. Along with Santa Claus, Tooth Fairy, Jack Frost, and um, the Sandman, and the villain, Pitch, the Boogeyman. Gotcha. And they were legends of the, like, Santa and Easter Bunny, but not the really silly Santa Claus and Easter Bunny you're familiar with, but more like Legends. Right. And it came out in 2012, and I thought it was one of DreamWorks Animation's darker movies. Right. They're, they were more like warriors than like fun-loving characters in that movie, right? Yeah, yeah. But I also thought it was one of DreamWorks Animation's darker films. Right. Yeah. Something about Eastern Passover with DreamWorks. They gotta go dark with those those holidays. Only the story of Easter is not about the bunnies. It's about sure. Jesus, similar to how the story of Christmas isn't about Santa Claus. It's about Jesus. Exactly. Those are just some of the Eastern and Passover specials that are out there. Certainly an underrepresented holidays, I think. But the specials that do exist, I think, are really fantastic ones and really a lot of fun. So... I think that'll close up our very first holiday special. Thank you for listening. And we hope you have a wonderful holiday, whether you celebrate Passover or Easter or neither or both. All right, Ezra, hit us with that outro. Animation Beyond is written and produced by Ezra Fieldsmeyer and Casey Cantrell with music by Noam Fieldsmeyer. We'd like to give a big thanks to the family and friends who have supported this podcast. Got a comment, question, or recommendations for future episodes? Let us know by leaving us a comment on our Facebook page, or send us an email at animationbeyond at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation Beyond. Bye! See you later. (laughs) 